Hello, and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining with us. Today, we've got Paul Spielbauer, who's with Lake Superior Consulting. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, not a problem. We're glad you could make the time to be with us. So for our listeners, Paul, would you please just give us a history, who you are, what you've done in the welding industry, what drew you to welding? Yeah. So um, I'm a pretty young guy. I'm 34 years old and I got involved in the welding because when I was in high school, you know, you're going through your career development and what you might want to do. And I liked heavy equipment. And so, you know, the school guidance counselor said, hey, you probably should take a welding class. That might be good for you. And uh, luckily for me, that was, you know, Dave England. Uh, I think you know Bill England, his dad. Yep. And so he was my high school welding shop teacher, which was an awesome experience. And so loved it instantly. The first time, you know, I think one of my first projects was doing TIG and I was hooked. I was over. I burnt, burnt the crap out of my arms, you know, and I don't know. It just, it clicked. Um, yeah. And it just kind of went from there. I wonder how many of us are in the welding industry because some high school counselor was like, no teacher wants to deal with you. Go play with the bright light. I and think there's here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. And what amazed me too is, you know, I had a lot of buddies in high school that, you know, they've got really good jobs now because they took a high school welding class. You know, there was one guy, he was a shop foreman now at a fabricator. And it's like his only experience was high school welding, you know, but that was enough to get him in the door and work up. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The, the different experiences, the different ways you um, you'll be, it's amazing. The different aspects and the different things you can do as a welder or as a welder foreman that you never really thought were even options until you were there and you saw it. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that hundred okay, percent. So you took a high school welding class. Um, what, where'd you go from there? Where, where'd you start? Um, yeah. What was your so, career looking like? So from there, uh, I ended up going to Ferris state university, going into the welding engineering program there. Um, Dave England pushed a lot of guys to go do that, knowing that that was a great career path. And, uh, you know, my mom, when she found out that I wanted to do welding, like blew a gasket, right? Because her image was of my great uncles out in the mud in a farm field, trying to tack together a broken axle on a tractor, you know, and he took the time to go and tell her, Hey, you know, hold up, you know, this, this is a good thing. You know, people could actually make money doing this. You know, there's, this, this is not just, you know, guys tacking stuff together to make it stick. And so I went to Ferris, did that for a few years, you know, and uh, like what happens in college, you know, people make friends. And uh, as I made more friends, my grade point average kind of got affected. Right. And so um, <laughs> I, I had shiny blue lights. lights, shiny blue lights. And uh, so I ended up having to do a victory lap, but um, on the year where I was between getting my stuff together, um, I got lucky. I got a, a opportunity where a family friend worked for a welding construction contractor, welding construction. And they said, Hey, you know, this was back in 2008. Industry was super busy. Then we need welders helpers. Do you want a summer job? I said, sure. And boom, that was my intro to pipeline welding. And from that point forward, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I went out and I worked on the line as a welder's helper and I got this 
awesome experience that would kind of reflect how my career was going to go from there on is I was one of the first people there. And this was on the Rex East pipeline going through Illinois. And so got there early, helped do like rig up on the mechanized welding equipment. Once we got the shacks rigged up, you know, was shown, you know, how to put the bug on the band, how to do all the steps to be a helper inside of that welding shack. And then I trained other helpers on it. And lo and behold, there are some people who are better at that than me. So they moved me on to go and help out uh, the steward. And the steward at the time was ripping down engine-driven power supplies and working on them. And so I spent like three days with him just pulling apart engine drives. And then once that was done, they kicked me over to a new guy that came on who needed a helper. So I helped him with, you know, laying out his test and that worked out pretty good. And then he got a buddy who wanted to be a helper. So they moved me on and they put me up on the front end and I worked the rest of the project up on the front end of the pipeline, uh, working on the internal welder and working with a couple of guys that were old school 798 pipeliners. And it was an awesome summer. But at the end of it, I knew that I wanted to go back to school. I needed to go back, finish up my engineering degree. And so I went back to college and uh, got my crap together and got my GPA up and was able to graduate. Yeah. So, you know, kind of after that, they asked me to come back and do work as a welder's helper again, you know, but I had to tell the guys, you know, hey, I, I need to do an internship. And I can't, you know, just come back and be a welder helper. I've got to work under a welding engineer. And so a guy named Max Helms, he was the superintendent for welding construction. He said, well, hey, hold on one second. And so next thing I know, I get a call from this guy named Ryan Falkins at a company called CRC Evans. He says, hey, uh, I hear you need a summer internship. I'm like, yeah, I do. And he goes, okay, cool. Uh, can you pass a drug test? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. He goes, all right, when, when can you be here? I'm like, well, I, I can be there, you know, beginning of May. He's like, all right, cool. Girl named Krista Watkins going to call you and show up when you get here. Come say hi. And off I went to go work for CRC Evans, which they're one of the premier automatic welding suppliers to the pipeline industry. And not just pipeline welding equipment, but also pipe bending machines, rolling cradles, handling equipment, facing machines. I mean, you name it, they, they do it for the pipeline industry and have a really huge history. And so I went and did my internship with them. And then my career kind of just went from there with them. So I, I often listen to the stories of, of our guests and, and I'm amazed at how it all kind of follows the same trajectory, right? They got interested in, in high school or at a young age, they, they fell in love, they did it. And then at the, at some point the world became their oyster. They got to do whatever they pretty much whatever they wanted to do because they had a uh, go get them attitude and, and just made things happen and, and, and worked hard. So I just, it's always fun that the story's always different, but fairly similar. Yeah. So Paul, I know you haven't had a long career in welding yet, Yeah. but what are some of the major changes you've seen on the pipeline since you started as a welder's helper and a, an engine drive teardown mechanic? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, going to work for CRC Evans, um, I got to really see kind of the forefront of technology, where things were going. Um, getting to take a look at uh, 
one of the things we did at CRC is we worked like ExxonMobil's upstream research council. Um, so these were the guys that were looking at, hey, how, what are we going to use in the next 10 to 15 years to build our pipelines for materials? Um, so getting to play around with um, new consumables, new electrodes. And I guess one of the major things that I'm seeing right now is uh, really a marriage of welding electrode, welding power supply, and fine-tuning waveforms and operating characteristics in those systems to give you the best art characteristics together, right? Um, two, you know, we're starting to see a lot more mechanization um, in areas you wouldn't have, you know, even 12 years ago, 10 years ago. A lot of tie-ins now are being done with mechanized flux core systems. Uh, there's companies out there that are pushing self-shielded flux core, really not self-shielded, but, you know, gasless flux core welding on mechanized systems, you know, helping reduce your equipment footprint. I think that's going to be a big thing in the future, too. So... For our listeners that, that aren't super familiar with with pipeline welding and what's what's going into all of that, can you give give a breakdown of of a typical front end joint? What what happens? How does that work? Um, yeah, what's the process? So you know, any pipeline you're going to have your right of way, right? So that's where the pipe is going to be laid along. They're going to go ahead and they're going to come in. They're going to grade that. They're going to get it ready. They'll either have a ditch dug already or not, depending on how they choose to construct it. But you're going to go ahead and lay out the pipe. Those will, that'll be your pipe joints. They'll be anywhere from 40 foot to 80 foot. Commonly, you're seeing 72 foot joint length average. So up on the front end, that's where they're actually stabbing together, you know, your pipe joint to new oncoming joint. And so you're putting in the root pass there. And so you have your front end welders up there. And that's usually going to be, you know, root and hot pass. And then you got back end welders, which are going to be your fill and cap welders. Um, me, my experience is heavily driven towards the mechanized side of the welding. And so for that, right, mechanized welding, my background, a lot of times you had a internal welding machine that was putting in a root pass. You had a hot pass system that was putting in a single torch hot pass. And then you had fill and cap shacks back behind it using mechanized MIG welding to put in all the passes. And if it wasn't using a internal welder, uh, it was using a copper backup system internally in the pipe. So I, I think a lot of people like, like your mom, when she found out you wanted to be a welder, have this view as a pipeline welder that all you're ever doing is burning stick electrodes all day long. And that's, the only thing you're ever going to do stand in the mud and in the sun and in the snow and, and weld, yep. you know, 60, 10, 70, 18, and, and you're done. They don't realize how much progress has been made in the pipeline world. Oh, that's it. You know, th there's guys that I worked with who, uh, you know, they, they had a huge, awesome experience in their careers working all over the world, supporting CRC Evans mechanized equipment. Uh, myself, you know, I, I got to work in Russia, Australia, the Emirates, uh, Scotland, um, quite a few different places. And I was one of the guys who had gone to the least amount of countries in the world. I mean, I got to work with guys who got to go work in 28 or 30 different countries over their careers, supporting mechanized welding equipment, making awesome money doing it and having these rich, rewarding careers. Just fantastic. Well, Paul, thanks for joining with us today. To our listeners, we hope you join us next time as we talk with Paul a little bit more and take a deeper dive into mechanized welding.